You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. This week on Yap, we're chatting with Vinny Positivo, CEO of Vinny Positivo Entertainment, talent innovator, and podcast host. Vinny is widely known for his inclusive and impactful approach to brand building and personal brand development. He's also the host of I Have a Podcast, which is a collection of conversations with celebrities and creatives who aim to inspire us in our everyday lives. With over 25 years of experience, he and his teams have become well-trusted connectors who sell, develop, produce, launch, distribute, and amplify some of the most talked about original series and talent brands in modern pop culture. Through the use of original content, Vinny has helped elevate the personal brands of Mandy Moore, Ashton Kutcher, Jessica Simpson, Ashley Simpson, Tyrese Gibson, Lauren Conrad, Diane Von Firstberg, Rob Lowe, and so many more. In this episode, we talk about how Vinny landed in the entertainment industry, his time at MTV, and the notion of being a celebrity. We'll also discuss Vinny's advice for standing out online, why he left TV for podcasting, and the personality traits that make people naturally shine. Let's get into it. Welcome, Vinny. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course, super excited for this conversation. I love having friends on the show. You are a new friend. And I'd love to hear a bit about your career journey because I host a podcast where a lot of young people listen to. And a big question people have is like, how do I break into the entertainment industry? And you are the guy for this. I got goosebumps when you said that. (laughs) So everybody (laughs) asks me this question, whether they're upcoming podcasters or just regular people that want to work in this industry. So talk to us about your career journey. How did you get into this field? What did you end up doing? What are some highlights of your career? Yeah, I love that. Thank you for asking that question and getting me to talk a little bit about putting some of the chaos that, that I've experienced into some real kindness and and a real format for success. Um, I worked at MTV for 10 years from 98 to 2007. And in my time there, I I was able to start a talent development department, which was an internal department, a casting department that cast the VJs for TRL and MTV News and MTV2. Uh, I went on for MTV3 and had an awesome time working at MTV and then launching my own agency Prior to MTV, um, when I went to school, I thought I would be a Broadway producer. I knew I wanted to work, you know, in New York and I knew I wanted to create content. I also knew I needed to be surrounded by talent. I've always felt up-leveled when surrounded by truly amazing talent. But none of that would have happened if I didn't have some technical skills. When I was 15, I learned to wire two VCRs together and I literally would edit. I would make my edits on two VCRs, which helped build my endurance, which kept my stamina high, which kept me alert. I was still able to answer phone calls and edit at the same time. 
I was killer at writing one sheets. I can write decks that were beautiful. I'm solid around Adobe. Um, I'm great at file management. None of those have anything to do with finding people. You know what I mean? So like, it's a weird skill set to have for a casting person. My boss, Radisa, he was the brilliant casting mind. Like he, he didn't need extra help casting. He needed help organizing it. And I got to learn from literally, I think the best person in this industry who created this genre of storytelling and brand empowerment and allowing people to claim who they want to be. And then, and now with podcasts, and now we can own it. Yeah. That's crazy. That was not the option. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because, that? I mean, coming from somebody who almost had a reality TV show so many times, yeah. I don't even know if you know the full. I was almost on Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> Mona Scott was begging me yeah. to drop out of school and be on Love and Hip Hop when I had the sorority of hip hop and oh, was sure. dating my, my producer boyfriend. Well, and you're in the center of. of- all culture right there. Exactly. I mean, so yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. I love Mona. <laughs> yeah. So she was begging me to be on Love and Hip Hop. Then I almost had a show on MTV that they filmed me all summer and they pulled the plug. Right. And you were with MTV for 10 years when MTV was like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> when I was getting shot from my show on MTV, it was right after Jersey Shore. It was around 2013. They shot me in 2011 and 2013. It was after you left. Mm-hmm. I did two pilots with them. But even then, MTV was huge. It's not that big anymore. But at the time, it must have felt really nice to be like, I'm Vinny and I work at MTV. Uh, Right? (laughs) Must have felt like you were like king of New York. And as he rose up the ranks and as reality TV was hotter than ever. Why did you leave MTV and how did it feel when you left? Was it really hard to be Vinny on his own without MTV's Vinny in front of it? That's some of that. Some of the answer is perspective. But I didn't know I didn't know yet. I have to be honest, MTV in 2007, by the time I had left, uh, MTV wasn't what it was when I started. Mm-hmm. The culture wasn't coming from television the way that it used to. The same way that I flocked to working in the music industry and I would go out every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night in New York because culture and pop culture and culture and news and deals and relationships and TV shows all happened from like 11 p.m. to you know 2 a.m. Yeah. out at night. Like that's where the community piece was. So for a long time, my successes are predicated on the successes of a talent that I hired. And for a long time, I held on to the shows as what I was most proud of. Osborne's Newlyweds, Punk, Laguna Beach, The Hills, Run's House, uh, Andy Mill. I can come up with like Eighth and Ocean, the first show that I ever got to create. And all of those shows ended up, you know, they're in 4-3 ratio and they're not in HD and media gets old. There's a time on media. Um, we, you know, the people before us talked about tape, and now we're talking about cards, and the generation next is clouds. You know, yeah. so it's very interesting how you try to prove yourself in, in in this industry where you're only as great as your last hit. You know, you're only as as successful as the last superstar or star that you sort of launched. When I left in 2007. There were two events that happened. One is in 2006, the Ashley Simpson show was doing great. Ashley had a horrible moment on SNL. And ultimately, we ended up not moving forward with the Ashley Simpson show. And I was asked to go out and find the next Ashley Simpson show. And I found this amazing singer. She was dating Travi McCoy. She was a, a Christian recording artist who was about to become a pop star. And she was writing her first pop album. And MTV was like, that 
It is never going to work for us. And Katy Perry had a very profitable career and a successful career without and despite this, you know, being able to get a show on MTV. I had to go out and find when Benji and Joel from Good Charlotte had graduated from MTV and were moving on to projects. I went out and looked for a new host for All Things Rock. And I remember bringing Pete Wentz into MTV and MTV was like, he's not even like the lead singer. Like, how? what are you doing then? What are you bringing in to us? And I realized in that moment, oh, like maybe my definition of talent has changed or maybe their definition of talent has changed. And to your point, there were a lot more screens being introduced in 2007, 2006, AOL Music, I think had the biggest impact on TRL. And then the iPod came and then, you know, all that stuff, all, all of those pieces of technology. So you ended up basically feeling like you had to leave. I felt I felt like it was time for, if, if I wanted to keep developing talent and if I was going to work with the talent that I wanted to be working with, that the best way for me to work would be to leave the network. So let me ask you a question. Let's move into personal branding and becoming a celebrity. Yes. Do you feel like anybody can be a celebrity or is there some sort of qualities that make somebody a good celebrity? So I think that everyone can be celebrated. And I think that we often get celebrities and people who we are celebrating confused because of the speed of social media and maybe people not being as impeccable as I wish they could be in speech. But I also think it's wonderful that we can refer to each other as celebrities and that we give ourselves the grace to put us on that stage that we put, you know, some of these icons that we grew up on. You know, that being said, with the screens being smaller, larger, rounder, there's, there, it's all about audiences. So what makes a person a celebrity is being celebrated and you need an audience for that. And there are more places for audience to congregate than ever. So how do you let your audience celebrate you? I think that's that to me becomes the, an important and interesting piece of the brand and also part of your brand ID. How how will you let, are you selling them t-shirts and constantly selling them things and you have this sort of relationship with them that where they feel good about buying your merch and they feel rewarded and that's because that's the, the ecosystem that you, you built for them. So if you don't come out with merch, then they're disappointed because you're not giving them the opportunity to purchase yeah. the way you ask them to celebrate your brand financially. Then there are what we probably would refer to as like celebrities who are really making impact. And I almost drop my voice down when I say this, but like the, the people who aren't just making an impact in media on camera, but are doing it in real life too. And I'm seeing celebrities, especially in podcasting, where where it's the first time they can own their own media. Like usually, I mean, they're celebrities and they're famous and, but they're for hire. Like they're getting a paycheck. They don't usually, they don't own the thing that they're showing up for unless you're at a certain caliber. You know what I mean? So this is a different playing field and, and how people choose to allow their audience to celebrate them. I think is there's a secret in uh, longevity in that. I think if it's an emotional setup, if you're, if you're rewarding them with great information, if you're rewarding them by letting them in on your wins and your fails and your human moments, then you're not asking them to celebrate you at any given moment. You're just giving them the opportunity to celebrate you and your wins and also theirs at a time that works for them. And I love that. I love that about podcasting. I know people hate the algorithm, but I love that about the algorithm is that it gives people the time 
to be present in what they need to do so that hopefully when the algorithm tells them it's time to move on or when they feel like it's time to move on, that the right image or video or, you know, sort of messaging is there. And now a quick break from our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you wanna make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting. And support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
So we were talking offline and you were mentioning that discoverability is something that's really important to you. And you feel like you are able to help people become more searchable and visible to the people they want to be visible to. So talk to us about some things that we can do to become more visible in our industry and how we can stand out online and, and, and your guidance. Yeah, that's brilliant. Because I'll tell you what, we're, everyone's Googling, everyone is searching, right? And I promise you, people are out there searching for you. And you might say, no, they don't, they don't know me. And you're right. They don't know you. That's why they're searching. And where do you think they're looking on? I don't know. Award lists is a great place. I love recommending people to win awards. Some awards, to be honest, you can buy. Some of them are $200 as an application fee. And, and unfortunately, it is what it is. But even to those, I have to say, the uptick to those is I know firsthand when a network executive tells their development team to write a list of 50 podcasters, I know, I promise you, they're going to go look at award-winning lists. They're going to look at the W3 awards, the Communicator awards, the Telly awards, the Webby award, all of these awards that are approachable to brands on different levels because... It shows that you care, A, enough about your craft to submit $200 to win. So paying for awards is not anything new. So yes, so you have to pay. You have to pay to play. You have to pay to distribute your content on social media now. And you certainly have to pay to be vetted to see if you're winning awards. So winning awards, I like to bring up because not only am I looking for award-winning people, it's people who care about their projects who are putting it out there. That certainly helps you be discoverable. Credits. The amount of people who don't update their credits, even on IMDb, IMDb allows, so you can't upload a digital series to IMDb as like a, a as a project, but you can upload podcasts. You can oh. put yourself as a guest, a producer, a host, if you want these types of credits. And IMDb and Google are like married for, like you want to change. You're giving for, me so many ideas. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I'll throw this out. You want to change what shows up on your Google search images in the same week, upload your IMDb images, your photos, or just upload 12 of them and see how many of them, you know, pop in. Almost the same week, you'll see in, I, in Google image search, it pop up. But yeah, you know, and I think IMDb is a great place to be. First off, traditionally, IMDb is kind of known as it's the internet movie database. And it's certainly where film and TV and actors and directors and sort of that traditional creatives are. But now that we have this extended creative family where where traditionally non-creative people get to be creative, it's exciting how many doctors and specialists are on IMDb now. And they're saying, yes, I'm a doctor, I'm an orthopedist, I'm a brain surgeon, but I also make great content and I can talk about what I do and make great content. That's that's going to up-level the conversation. That's going to reset the vocabulary potential around that topic. That part to me gets, I get the most excited about that. Yeah, that's really exciting. It's a, it's a great tip because you think I'm deep. It's, it's usually actors yeah. and actresses, but you're saying any, any, if you've been on a podcast, you yeah. can upload a profile and start a profile on IMDb. Yeah. I also want to point out profiles and there are some places on, you know, on Instagram, there are certain ways and places that, and certain fields that are searchable versus others on LinkedIn. Certainly if you're watching what you're putting in, in these sections, you see how it populates 
Google and it tells Google these words, these if your SEO strategy. So if your SEO strategy and your brand strategy are not in sync and you're using words to describe yourself that aren't being used to describe your services on your own page, you're doing a big disservice by not connecting those dots. Yeah. So by having a more linear approach to how you're describing yourself in social and copying that online, and allowing the, the verbiage to match allows Google to understand why your website is relevant to these certain keywords that you're basically putting in there. And, and I think that profiles is, a, is probably the biggest area of improvement, I think. It's the easiest place where people can come in. And I, I can give other tips about standing out. You know, on LinkedIn, there's the ability to let people see other accounts similar to yours. You know, that's like an option. And I would say, like, don't click that option. Like, why would you? <laughs> that's like someone comes in and tells you they want to watch your show. But then you go, well, what about all these other shows? No, no, they want to watch your show. Like, <laughs> so turn that option yeah, off. <laughs> yeah, turn that option off. They don't need to see who else is similar to you. That's a distraction and a, that's going to take them away from <laughs> your profile. I didn't even know you could turn that off. Yeah, you can. That's cool that we're at that that stage of the game. Yeah. Personal branding nowadays is so important because whether you like it or not, you have a digital personal brand. It's just, is it showing up the way that you want to show up as? That's the key. And you have control over that. I love your tips in terms of being on these award lists and, and submitting your profile and you know, making sure your LinkedIn is all in check. I think those are all great tips. I know that you mentioned to me, um, I was asking you before we started like, you know, what are some key things that you want to come across in this interview? And you talked about planting the seed. So yeah. before you even start your personal brand, you need to know, I guess, what you want to grow into eventually. And you do that by planting the seed. So tell us about that. Yeah, I love planting the seed because so often we wish that we were blooms that came in overnight and we think we want to be like this beautiful flower and we have no vision of what that flower should look like. We have no understanding of what, how big of a pot that flower needs or how much sunlight, you know, that that flower, how much love and support and nurturing that that needs. When you start off as a seed, when you're really scaling back and showing up for yourself in the most simple way, you're removing and stripping any of those um, stressors that could misdirect your growth. And I love planting seeds in personal development and brand development because it allows people to grow into their decisions instead of having to wake up and suddenly change, you know. So give us an example. Um, so for example, seating here. Um, so I, I, so for the last two years, I've been, I've been making podcasts and two years ago started making my own podcast, but knew that I wanted to have more expertise in the actual physical production of it. So for the last year and a half, I've been seeding my, con my, my audience knows that I'm learning how to make podcasts. I'm learning them to make them for other people and have now made them for dozens of people. I, they also know that I love talking to people. I've always had that part of my personality and, and casting, they understand that there's this like relationship on and off camera relationship or as a producer on and off camera relationship where I'm, I'm talking and I, I tend to cut my voice off. So I've been showing up on social media talking more about that so I can prep people for this podcast journey that I'm about to be on. And I'm giving myself the space to step into it without pressure and the grace to do it in a way that I feel I can be called to, but also I can still show up and impress. I love that. And I think the other benefit there, which you might not realize, is you're holding yourself accountable. 
Mm. Like, for example, when I first started a podcast, I announced it to everybody on LinkedIn, like, I'm starting a podcast that's going to launch on this day. It helped, it made me go towards that goal because I didn't want to let everybody down because I had announced it. So I think it also kind of gives you that accountability piece that might help you actually complete your goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting you say that because I, I flubbed twice now my launch date and part of it, and I actually, my, my clients pointed this out and I didn't realize I say this, but I, I tend to focus more on impact than deadline, especially if I have control over the deadline. Like I worked on too many TV shows that were rushed and it's it not worth it to you. It just didn't look, the message wasn't what we wanted the message to be, but it had to hit air. And all of that time and energy spent was wasted because we had to hit time and money. And that's the business structure of television. With podcasting, that's not the structure. Super interesting. So talk to us about why you decided to basically leave TV or do less of it yeah. to work on podcasts. Like what opportunity do you see how is it different than TV in your opinion? So, so I gave MTV a lot of credit for contributing to culture the way they did because they were creating shows that clearly were contributing to culture. What I wasn't aware of was how many eyeballs could were, were being forced to watch MTV because there was no screens. So as more screens got included, the impact of the shows I was having was less and less. It was exciting to work on a show for 10 episodes and then suddenly have everyone in the world talking about Laguna Beach or Punked or Newlyweds just or, or the Ashley Simpson show. Just it, it's cool to, to, to put something out there and get that reaction back. What I was missing from my TV experience was the cultural reaction to content and if I'm going to be part of a project, I like to move the needle. I loved creating content for MTV because you're in front of the youth culture. What better way to set an impression and, and, and give words to what could potentially be happening? And TV kind of lost that. And I saw in social media, I saw one, I saw brands have a need for an executive who can come in to a non-creative company, help them build a department, a creative department, a social media department, a copywriting department, a, a, a content team, whatever it is, and have that directly impact their business infrastructure and let them have ownership of their own creativity without impeding its success. So I can help them be creative um, so that they don't have to worry about making like the, the wrong decisions piece to that. And um, the return from social media is killer. It's yeah. just like the audience cares. They ca Even if it's a smaller audience, they care that you made it. They care that it, 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 it impacts them. There's just a different relationship. And I think MTV used to have that relationship with people when you would turn it on and then leave the room, you know, you can kind of listen to MTV and not have to watch it and experience it. And I feel that I get that out of podcasts and I feel that I get that out of social media. What I love most about podcasts, fundamentally why I'm shifting what I'm doing and focusing on podcasting, is I truly believe that everyone should have a podcast. I firmly believe that. And it's not because I think they should be media companies or they should own their own narrative and have control over that because some people don't want that. Yeah. But there's never been a moment in, in the creative sort of uh, world, there's never been a moment in America where we can create something, publish it and retain ownership of it. And that ownership is transferable in a way that allows us to take these podcasts and turn them into TV series and films and books and classes and eBooks and lectures and potential collaborations and, and 
fitness lines and, and just podcasting is literally like what I would do with a casting tape or a production sizzle when I'm trying to sell a show, except it's so much more. It's the, it's the seed. It's seeding. It, podcasting is seeding. Is It's me saying, here's the conversations I want to have. I'm seeding the audience, right, from my brand, my, my personal brand here. I'm saying, this is the seed I'm planting. Let's talk about creativity. Let's talk about sustainability. Let's talk about ways to be innovative. And and who are some really impactful people that I may recognize on camera? And what are their, what's their sort of approach to it? Because if they're successful, they they must have something working for them. Yeah. And I, I loved, I, I like I like that piece of it. But I I think that podcast. I mean, just, there's nothing more malleable than podcasts. Like you can turn it into anything. And also, there's no rules. It can be two minutes, five minutes, exactly. forty five minutes. There's no rules. Daily, weekly, and you get to own it. Yes. And you have control. And as somebody who has been rejected and rejected over and over again, I've been picked. And we want you to lead the show, but oh, you're not good enough. We want you to do this, but up, oh, you're not good not enough. Not good enough, but didn't do enough what they wanted you I to don't do. Know. I, you know, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> of why we think that right, I didn't right. get my reality TV show when I was offered one so many times, right? Training, right? It was giving you this moment. Exactly. Imagine if you didn't have, imagine if someone said to you, oh, Holly, you're under contract. You can't. No, no, there's no, there's no young and profiting. That's ours. Exactly. So I know. So thank God I'm out on my own and I own my own thing. And to your point, podcasting has so much opportunity. And I agree. I think everybody should have a podcast. It's such a great way to even just meet new friends. Like forget about the business or the fame or just even just have great conversations and learn new things. So I totally agree there. Um, Okay. So my last couple of questions for you. You are somebody who finds talent you must meet a lot of people who have a lot of charisma. What are the things that make people shine as a talent? Like what are the personality traits that you look for or that we should hone if we want to be seen as somebody who's influential or who can be a celebrity or who can be talent? What are the things that you look for in a person? Decision-making, the ability to decide quickly and understand how you feel about something. And then also knowing what you would do with that information, especially in reality TV or unscripted TV. It's like knowing, knowing that this person not only will come to a realization, but will also take action on it, you know? And I think that that is something that I look for, you know, even in traditional, in acting, even in hosts, I look for that because like I'm hiring people who are doing, I'm hiring people who are going to make big change off camera. And I'll let you be on camera and get the notoriety you do because I know that there is a much bigger goal for you there. And by making content, it makes it a little bit easier to see that goal. So there are celebrities that are on social media now that are talking about mental health all the time. And if I want to be working with a celebrity that is aligned in mental health, I now know what their alignment is versus before where I would have to guess and it would be be a very different process. So decision-making is is a huge one. I think being impeccable in your speech, being super articulate and understanding what you want to say. It's okay if the words don't come out right, but the tone and the intonation and the direction of the conversation. Mm, Like confidence in that way, yeah. No one wants to, you know, I I think the, the easiest way for me to return to you week after week is if I know where you stand. And understanding your point of view, understanding where you stand on certain issues, 
without knowing what those issues are, but knowing that those issues are gonna come up. So every week I have someone like you that I can, you know, so having a strong point of view, a personal sense of style, it doesn't necessarily mean a good sense of style, but just your own unique way of presenting yourself. Um, that's some good old fashioned MTV, you know, tricks that were that were certainly beaten to my head because you want people who visually connect with their audience the same way that they do internally. And to your point, that's all about communicating the idea and making sure that. Well, what I'm hearing is consistency. So consistency in how you show up, consistency in how you make decisions or your beliefs, consistency in how you dress. The consistency piece is important. You'll notice it, and I'll say this now, you'll notice it as you're watching the Today Show or any morning show where there's um, an ensemble cast and you know there's a good old fashioned wardrobe closet, uh, they stick to their colors. And there's a reason why that works, is that balance. Even podcasting has shifted from being able to be something that we do in, in our tiny little silos to we need two, three, four, five people. We need more people working on this to make it what it needs to be to be seen so that it has the impact that it, that it can have. Hold tight, everyone. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI super powered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts and it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. 
One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea. And then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Well, this is so exciting. I'm so excited for your new podcasting journey. Tell everybody about your new network, your new show yes. that's coming out. Oh, I'm so excited. I have a podcast. It's available anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And then I have a podcast on TV, which I'm super excited. It's a 30-minute show. On, it's being distributed by Bespoke TV on Direct TV on Thursday nights, um, prime time, which I'm super excited Ooh. about. And I think it's turning into a, it's a little bit like inside the actor studio for us, creatives that have a process process that we can identify only after we've done it <laughs> and try to make into the 2020 piece to what we do where we love looking back and trying to make sense of what it is so that we can be at peace with it or okay with it the process that it is really cool and the last question I ask all my guests and this is an opportunity to give a piece of advice or a gem that you never mentioned yet is what is your secret to profiting in life oh I love that um, sharing Sharing. Yeah, sharing. I, I I profit the most when I share. I get, and I don't do it because of the return, but the, the parts where I am most profitable or successful financially or emotionally in my career have always been when I'm sharing that moment. And it's hard for me sometimes to release control and trust somebody to be able to create something larger than what you could have done yourself. And in that sharing is, or collaborating, we can call it, but in that sharing, that's where I'm at my best. If, if you're sharing it with somebody, that's 50-50. So if you're profiting, you're only 50% of, 50% you know, of what I make with someone else, I promise you is way more than 100% of what I would have made for myself. I totally agree. I think collaborating is so powerful and quite honestly underrated. And I feel like every successful person that I know has a team and like uh, prides themselves in their team. And you can scale yourself 10x, 20x, 30x when you have a team. Yeah, You can do so much more when you're not just on your own. And, and there's people have so many different strengths to pull on that are your weaknesses. So I totally agree. It's a very exciting time to be creating content and media. I'm happy I have like my TV background. So I, I come from like earned media. So I try to make everything great. And all those experiences are going to help you now right. in different ways. Yeah. It's really cool. I have to say, you make me feel pumped about being a podcaster in yes. my position right now. Cause I'm like, damn, I did this on my own, yeah. you know? And, and that's pretty powerful when you think about now all these people from TV are coming at it. All these TV I'm, people. I'm really glad that I started four <laughs> years ago. Let yes. me tell you. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of bummed, you know, I, I, did my, fir my first podcast, Man and Wife, in 2007. It's been 14, 13 years oh, wow. now since I've touched podcasts, which is a bummer that I kind of stepped away from it. But that, it, it's all good. There's, It's not too late. It's, it's never not. too late. And that's the beauty of podcasting is that when people want you, 
if you've prepared yourself and if you've done your job to be discoverable, yep. and they will find you. Exactly. Awesome. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do, Vinny? Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Uh, I'm on all social media. I'm, I'm Vinny Potestivo on everything. And I just reach out and say hi and let me know what's going on. And I do have one-on-one -on -one clients and I am op opening up a development uh, mastermind in November and I'm getting ready to do my first keynote speech in October. So I have some fun personal things that I I'm working on that I hope trigger some more opportunities to work with people. But the way I love starting off any relationship is just like reach out and say hi and like, let's just chat a little bit. And yeah. And I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He is really nice and really open. You can find him on Instagram. I'll put all his links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Vinny. It was a great conversation. Oh, you rock. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. I love talking to Vinny about modern celebrity culture and discoverability. When Vinny entered the media industry, he did not know anyone. He had to figure out how to network with other professionals. He explained that his role as a casting director was like reading the stars. He's all about giving people with talent and voice a platform. Vinny and I talked about how important discoverability is in the entertainment industry and when it comes to personal branding. Personal branding is the practice of marketing people and their careers as brands. Your personal brand is how you promote yourself. You have a personal brand whether you like it or not. It is that unique combination of skills, experience, and personality that you want your followers to see. It's telling your story and it's the impression people gain from your online reputation. What makes a person a celebrity is being celebrated by an audience. Vinny talked about planting the seed and the importance of planting a seed. He worked on a podcast for two years, but he knew he wanted his content to be top-notch, so he slowly learned more and built his brand. I think that is so important to remember. Success in the media industry or any other industry doesn't happen overnight. It's all about planting that seed and developing your skill set and your network over time. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to learn more about surviving the entertainment industry, go check out episode number 101, Green Lights with Matthew McConaughey. Here's a clip from that episode. Well, I've got three out of four and I'm going to get the fourth. All right, all right, all right. And pulled out. It's the first three words I ever said on camera in a film. 1992. And... Then we did the scene and then I kept getting invited back every night. The director kept inviting me back and that whole cast would involve me in the scenes. They'd ask me questions in the middle of, ask my character questions in the middle of the scene. And sort of, they wrote me into the picture. And all of a sudden I worked three weeks, three lines turned to three weeks work. And it was awesome. And I had a great time doing it. People were telling me I was good at it. I'm getting paid $300 a day. I'm going, is this legal? It's so much fun. And people were telling me I'm good at it. Please, I go back, I graduate college, and I drive out to Hollywood with U-Haul and 3,000 bucks the next year. And here I am, 28, 29 years later, it turned into a career. Again, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to learn more about the peaks and pitfalls of the entertainment industry, go check out episode number 101, Green Lights with Matthew McConaughey. Now, as always, I want to end the show giving a shout out to one of my recent Apple podcast reviewers. And this week's shout out goes to Jaden Teal. 
Hala is an amazing interviewer. She always finds the best experts to discuss a range of topics from social media to mental wellness to finance tips. I really enjoy every episode because Hala breaks down the topic and makes it really digestible for anyone to truly listen, learn, and profit. This is a must-listen podcast for anyone looking to improve themselves. Oh, thank you so much, Jaden. And I love that you used our tagline, listen, learn, and profit in the review. That was so cute. Thank you so much for taking the time and being so thoughtful to write us a review. For everybody tuning in right now, leaving us a review is the number one way to thank me and the folks who work on Young and Profiting Podcast. So please take the time to drop us a review on Apple or wherever you listen to this podcast. And I also love when you guys share us on social media. One of the cool things that people have been doing lately is taking a screenshot of their app and then uploading it to their Instagram story. You guys can tag me at Yap with Hala and then I'll repost it and we can then talk in the DMs. We can get to know each other. I can hear your feedback and I love to get your feedback. Reading your reviews is my favorite thing to do. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Hala Taha. Big thanks to the Yap team as always. This is Hala signing off.